So we are so excited to be here today with Lexi Ryan. She is a New York Times and USA Today bestselling author of These Hollow Vows duology, as well as a plethora of um, romantic novels as well. And we are super excited to have her on the podcast for the second time. Um, If you haven't heard our prior conversation, you definitely should. Um, But this time, we are going to dive a little bit deeper into the series so there most likely will be spoilers in this episode yeah. I just feel like there just like will be <laughs> all the spoilers just so that we don't have to even feel guilty we'll just like say it up front like right exactly love it. assume there will be spoilers and if spoilers make you sad go read the books first yeah or- exactly. <laughs> and you should read the books first because they're fantastic <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm um, so glad to be back. We had fun last time. And I, when, when we talked about talking again, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, we're so excited to have you here. Um, So, oh my gosh, your whole new book is out. Like the last <laughs> time we talked, you know, there wasn't much you could talk about because it was not mm-hmm. out yet. What was like the most exciting part of like finally having it in the world? Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, okay. This, this is like a total author thing, but I think you guys can appreciate it. It debuted at number one on the New York times list, That's fantastic. Yeah, which is like author bucket list dream come true. That was like such, I was alone. (laughs) Okay. So it was, um, that list came out right before a polycon and I'd left for a polycon about a week early. Um, a polycon is a, a big, many, many author signing that uh, Jennifer Armantrout runs in Washington, mm-hmm. DC. And, um, I'd left a week early so I could hole up in a hotel room and finish a book that I was on deadline for. So I'm alone in the hotel room and, um, we <sighs> see the New York times list is weird. Cause it's, it's numbers, but it's not just numbers. Like okay. it, you have to have the numbers to be on it, but having the numbers doesn't guarantee you'll be on it. Mm. So we knew I had the numbers, but like, we, you just don't know what's going to happen. Cause it's, they have like this proprietary formula that they won't share. So it's like, yeah, judging by what's been hitting with what numbers on the young adult hardcover list on all these weeks, we know you should do it. So I'm like watching it and like, I don't know, overanalyzing everything and trying to not watch and trying to be like, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't, you've had this great release week. It's been wonderful, but I'm alone in my hotel room and in my head. And uh, (laughs) then my editor calls me and we're on the phone and crying together. And my agent calls me and we figure out how to like do a three-way call, which I haven't done since I was in high school. So, um, yeah, that was amazing. Um, and then I went down to the bar and had a glass of bubbly with a bunch of strangers because I was <laughs> alone in DC and yeah. so finishing a book. Um, but the people at the bar were super sweet and like oh. acted like they at least acted like they understood that it was a big deal, whether they did or not. I don't know, but, um, it was really sweet of them to at least pretend like they understood that I was excited. You know what I mean? And like, they were happy for me and that was really sweet. Um, so that was huge. No kidding. (laughs) Other than that, it was just really nice to be able to like have the story in the world because obviously these books were released a year apart, but more than that, these hollow vows about nine months before it was released, my publisher had started sending out arcs. So you had some people who'd been waiting a year and nine months after that <laughs> terrible cliffhanger <laughs> to figure out what happens, right? Yeah. And they're like losing patience. I don't know. I understand. I understand. So it was just so nice because I, you know, this is why authors can't be trusted to distribute arcs because I'd be like, you get one, you get one, everybody gets one. 
because I really, it was killing me to not just like wallpaper the world in them. I wanted everyone to be able to read the story. I was excited about the story. So it was so nice for it to be out in the world, for people to be reading it, who'd been so excited to get their hands on it, to hear from readers. Um, Yeah. And to have like the big, you know, the big love triangle spoiler out there. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That ending (laughs) did not see that coming with like, bash had that just like so many things out of left field but that especially whoo yeah well yeah that was something (laughs) you know we could talk about him I just I really enjoyed writing his character because um Sebastian is like a lot of my favorite characters um tremendously flawed but like at his heart he wants to be a better person he wants to be worthy of the things that he wants to be worthy of Abriella you know and yet at the same time he's he's immature you know like my friend and I were joking I was like you know the Faye live a long time so like he he's just got a lot of maturing to do they live, yeah. they live a long time so it probably takes them a little longer to mature you know? <laughs> right like he's like a guy in his young 20s still yeah in the scheme of things he's really young <laughs> right but yeah so he Gosh. he's a very interesting character to me but I, of course like I'm more in his head than my character than my readers get to be because I don't ever get to be in his head on the page right yeah, yeah. So he was one yeah. of my I was so mad at him after the first book. Like I was just, I was so mad. I was just ready to write him off. And then like, you did such a good job in the second book of like making you not trust him or like, I kind of still hated him, but then I kind of loved him and then I hated him again. And then I kind of liked, and you did such a good job with that, that I was just like, I'm on a roller coaster of emotions. Like, I don't know how to feel about this character. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like, yeah, (laughs) I had moments too, where it's like, I understood his reasons for Mm -hmm. some of the things he did, but then I still like, but get out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was definitely more pro Sebastian in the first book than Ellen was. Um, I think it took me a little bit longer to, I don't know, not necessarily give up on him, but like, to see him for what he was not the good things that he was doing because there was a lot of toxicity within what he was doing too um so by the end of the first book I was like okay right I don't really like Sebastian Finn is where it's at and then in the second book now that they are bonded and can like she can like feel him or like get some of his thoughts and everything all of a sudden he becomes that much more, I don't want to say human because they're not humans, yeah, right? Right, you right. Know, right. You get to see a little bit more into like why he's doing the things that he's doing and not that it makes it any better, but yeah. I so easily slipped into the, oh, that's right. I do like Sebastian. Like he's right. great. And then he does something and you're like, oh, right. That's really <laughs> problematic. Wait a minute. <laughs> Which was really great as, um, just like a way of writing a love triangle where I don't know I feel like the the way that you wrote it isn't always how love triangles are it's not so much about like there's so much entanglement between the three in terms of like big decisions that they're making it's more a little bit of like oh you know girl next door likes guy but also likes you know boss and then like a little (laughs) bit you know like this is so much more all-encompassing of so many aspects of the story Um, they can't escape each other right like their lives are intertwined I don't know had my did I tell you when I spoke with you last time what my daughter's reaction was she's 11 what her reaction was when she finished book one maybe but tell us again so um 
her best friend had finished it first and her best friend. And yes, for anyone listening who thinks I'm terrible, my daughter is 11. And yes, I let her read these books that are intended for 14 plus. It's okay. <laughs> you do not need to let your 11 year old read them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not recommending that. I think that every child is different. That's my disclaimer. Right. Moving on. Um, She's very mature for her age. Anyways. <laughs> Her best friend had finished book one before she did. And her best friend was like, I'm team Finn all the way, like loud about it. And Mary was like, I don't know. I don't know. And then she finished book one. And I was like, so what do you think? Are you team Finn now? And she was like, no, I am team neither. Like she was very <laughs> like, no, absolutely not. Yeah. I think they're all awful. Oh, <laughs> so I was like, I mean, fair. I see that. I can definitely appreciate that. I mean, knowing what you know now and where we are. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I kind of felt like that motherly pride of like, she didn't need to latch on to either yeah. one of these love interests. She was just like, Psh, neither. <laughs> oh, good girl she's she's Even much more emotionally involved than I am because at the end of book one I was like I mean I was team Finn from pretty much meeting Finn but like yeah. especially at the end I was like ah yeah Finn all the way <laughs> so she's more evolved than I am I guess <laughs> <laughs> me too I mean to be fair yeah but uh <laughs> it was just like was it always gonna be Finn at the end think I could say that I I really try when I write love triangles to not know I think by the time I wrote book two started drafting book two I knew for sure um but while I was drafting book one I don't think I knew for sure because I just find that when I write love triangles which is one of the things in romance that like I'm known for because I really like writing them I just well, I love reading them. So thank you for writing them. <laughs> yeah, some people hate them. Um, and, Not but, uh, I just, I find that I can write them in a little more compelling way and make the characters a little more, uh, I don't know, like the push and pull becomes a little stronger if I don't know where it's going. Sure. Because I don't know where it's going. Yeah. I want to make everything viable, you know? Yeah. Wow. I didn't even think about that. I just assumed that you would know like what the end outcome would be. And that's really cool that you don't. Yeah. And you know, I'm currently writing the next book in this world and I am like wishing so hard that I were a plotter. (laughs) (laughs) I've spent like the last three weeks rewriting act one, which is like the first 25,000 words of the book. And the book's not done. I'm just rewriting act one so that I can move forward because it was not at all what it needs to be to match up what the book is now. This is just my process. Like I write all the little things I know and then I rewrite to make it work. And it just, it's, it's a mess. So if I plot it out, like people do and figured out my story and then wrote what the story actually is instead of trying to write it and figure it out that sounds wonderful but I can't seem to do it hey so my my process involves a lot of rewriting and it's super inefficient but it's just like I just have to explore and find my way yeah so well I mean you're doing something right right I was just number one on the New York Times you know, at the first week of the release for these Twisted Bonds. The best part is I will never be the writer that's like, you need to do it my way. Because I'm like, ooh, do it like any way but the way I do it. And you're <laughs> going to be way better off. <laughs> well, oh, it's a good God. thing that none of us really expect authors to write anything quickly anyways. <laughs> and I think the fact that your books were only a year apart and I, I even say only a year apart because that's pretty short. Um, there were 364 so, days even. Oh, <laughs> not even like, a year. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I saw that and I was like, oh, okay. So I can even be like, they're not quite a year. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that you can even write and release that quickly and still feel like you're not very efficiently writing based on like the time that you have is... <laughs> 
you're probably more efficient than you give yourself credit for. Absolutely. Yeah. Being a you know, I was just thinking some of my favorite books um, are the Green Rider series by Kristen Britton. Oh, I have read those. Oh, they're fantastic. But I've been reading them since I was like 10 because yeah. it takes I've been reading them it, since we were little. Yeah. Like five years between each book. And, <laughs> and it just, and they're worth it. Like every time, like she does such a good job, but oh, it's so you're, 364 days is <laughs> is a yeah. rock star <laughs> I can't even oh. remember how long it's been because the series isn't finished yet no but I don't remember yeah anyways that was definitely one of the books that got me into fantasy for sure yeah my husband is um a fan of this series and I apologize because I don't remember the name of the series or the name of the author but it was the author's first book and it broke out in a really big way it was fantasy and that's what my husband prefers to read and uh it broke out in a really big way and so brian said there's some reviews on goodreads where people are like as they sometimes do reviewing a book that's not out yet and so he went, the author went in he it's been years and he hasn't written the second book yet and i think it was a case of like he's all in his head about it because he sure. was so, found so much success with book one in the first book of his career and like oh that's yeah. a lot of pressure right mm-hmm. so he like went in and started replying to these people and being like are you from the future <laughs> because if you are and you could like get me a copy of this manuscript <laughs> that would be fantastic <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Oh, that's yeah. great. But yeah, I guess that would be an interesting question that I hope you don't feel. But now that you've had success in fantasy and in this world, and now that we know that there is something else coming in this world, which we are so excited about, can we wait for that for 364 days? <laughs> Well, it'll be, it'll be summer. Of, it's slated for summer of 2024. Um, I think what I have working on my side is just that I've written so many books, you know, like, even though I'm, I'm, I'm a baby in the world of fantasy, I, I have a lot of um, experience on my side in terms of titles under my belt. So there's, I, I mean, I'm not going to pretend there isn't pressure. Cause like, I don't want to let people down. I I'm so grateful that that I have readers that want to go back to this world that love what I created there as much as I do. And yeah, I won't pretend there's not pressure with that because like, it brings me to tears, like for real brings me to tears when, when people reach out and like love it as much as I wanted them to love it. Right. Um, But I am, I'm really glad that some things in my career happened at the pace that they happened and um, <laughs> I was telling a friend the other day that like, sometimes it is such a relief to have like had the the peaks and valleys of your career behind you that, and there will be more peaks and valleys as I go, but like to know as you have another peak, as you have another moment of like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I, you know another accomplishment that you weren't sure you were ever going to get to check off your bucket list um that it's not you're not going to stay at the top of the roller coaster at the top of the mountain forever you know there will be bad days again and that's okay it doesn't mean that everything's going away (laughs) and that when you have bad days you also know because you've been there before that you're not going to stay down there that you're gonna have good days again so um when it comes to this career in particular, uh, experience is worth a lot just because you just have to have faith, just like trusting my process. Like I was telling you how inefficient I find my process and like, but it, like I just rewrote all of act one at this point in every single book I write, I rewrite act one. Okay. Like I get like <laughs> two thirds of the way into the book and I go back and I rewrite act one. And that's just, you just 
and and I I every time I'm like, is this gonna work? Is this gonna work? And there's a part of me that thinks maybe it's maybe this is the time it's not gonna work. But because okay, 38 other times it's worked. So probably it's gonna work again this time too. Absolutely. You have a little more faith. So yeah, I, I think that that's definitely on my side, though, you know talk to me in a bad moment after a day that I've been working for five hours and I netted 200 words, <laughs> say something different, but, um, no, I, I, I'm really, I'm really grateful that I've been able to have experience to just, okay, we just keep doing the things we've been doing and mm-hmm. we get there eventually. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Um, so get the mute button in time. Oh, (laughs) um, okay. So I remember in our last discussion that you were saying that Misha was one of your favorite characters to write. And it was so funny because like the minute that we meet him in the book, like we, you know, we don't know his name yet, but like immediately I was like, (gasps) I wonder if this is who her favorite, like, cause like it just like, how did you think of him? Like, where did he come from? for you oh goodness that's an interesting question where did he come from <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I think you can of the clever dudes that live in there um <laughs> yeah because I think you can really tell um I I gave how well written he is that I like gave Brie who she needed you know yeah. like she was in a place that she'd just been, she'd gotten to a point where she was starting to trust Finn, right? And then she finds his catacombs and yeah. finds out more about the curse and finds out what his tributes really are, right? And she's like, well, I can't trust you. And then she's scared and she trusts Sebastian and one of the best things she can do to protect herself is to bond with Sebastian. Mm-hmm. And so she does that and finds he has all these alternative <laughs> motives and has been keeping some pretty major secrets from her. Yeah. Um, and man, that's a pretty big betrayal because she's known him for a real long time. And so now she can't trust him either. And she can't go home because she's Faye now and she's stuck and she can't trust anyone and it's lonely and the more she learns about everything and the complexities of what happened when she broke the curse but kept the power and passed off the crown she the more she feels like she's kind of this catastrophic mistake right like her existence is a problem Mm -hmm. and um you know she doesn't want to be all woe is me but like it's a mess the whole thing is a big old mess and I think I just made Misha exactly what she needed she needed somebody who wasn't just trying to get in her pants (laughs) who um sees her for what she is who thinks that she can make a difference not just in a particular court, but for the entire realm, um, who also sees her as like, again, I want to say human, right? I think she's not human as a person, you know, like she, she is not just a potential queen or just a pawn, you know, she is this person with feelings and complex emotions and who's going through a lot and so he's kind of between kind of his mental powers and being able to know what she's going through in her head and also his quirky sense of humor you know like he's I think what she needed in that moment yeah that's and fair I loved him yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just- yeah. for a second I almost was like hmm maybe throw away the love triangle and let's (laughs) go with like a Misha Abriella I mean we could have gone that way you never know (laughs) yeah I was like 
who would like that would just be like so <laughs> out there and I would really be okay with it though I did also there would have been rioting in the streets but <laughs> <laughs> probably more I mean if there are readers like me it would have probably been more like rioting in individual homes <laughs> sure sure fair yeah <laughs> really quiet like keyboard rioting yeah <laughs> If yes, online rioting. (laughs) I can't, I can't keep track of all of the times that I've said something after reading a book where I'm like, oh my gosh, if they would have done this, I would have. And then I'm like, well, I would have kept reading and I wouldn't have really probably done anything, but I would have been (laughs) mad. (laughs) Like (laughs) I would have been angry about it. (laughs) The amount of times that she's been like, yeah, if this had happened in the book, I wouldn't have read any more from this author ever I probably would have except for I <laughs> probably definitely would have especially if it's in this series <laughs> I never know what to say when readers reach out and let me know that they're mad about something I did and they'll never read anything from me again I'm just like okay well, why would you tell an author that like that they, not- they'll, they'll they'll make sure they let you know like they're mad <laughs> That is like I'm I so non-confrontational, okay. but that's like what yeah, why would you not do that? <laughs> it's fine. It comes with the territory, but it's just I'm like there's like nothing I can say that's yeah. gonna make this situation better. <laughs> so we're just gonna file that away. Yeah, right. And get- mail. Yeah. <laughs> We get that sometimes at the vet clinic where people are like, well, we are never coming back. And we're like, okay, okay. bye. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you want us to do? No, don't go. Like, <laughs> come be mean to us more. Like, I <laughs> what I got was, uh, sorry, it was in regards to something in one of my romances. And uh, the last thing she said was, <laughs> and by the way, you shouldn't go back and forth in time in stories. You tell what happened and then you tell what the result was. And my, I write a lot of then and now romances. <laughs> and so I wanted to reply and be like, it's a really good thing. You're not going to buy any more of my novels because I do that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks for the tip. Oh, funny. Wow. She's just sharing her knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. I just, yeah. I don't know. I guess we're also just like too nice of people to even <laughs> contemplate doing something like that. It always comes in spurts too. Like that same day I got like this dissertation from somebody that like, I really think it was probably a review that they were like, you know, I put a lot of energy into this. I want to send it to the author too. <laughs> it was just like, it went on and on and on. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Apparently you have feelings. That's great. Glad this is going to help you process them. It was just, it was just like a very, and it came from an EDU. And I like almost wondered if it was like for a, a class or something. Because oh, like the thesis was very much like that it was mediocre. And I was like, okay. I mean, as an English teacher, I feel like you had a thesis and you supported yeah. it <laughs> <With> <laughs> and evidence. you supported it good job and some of oh. it's better than others and okay do you want me to get out my rubric like I don't know what to do from here <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> there's no way I can reply I was just like okay we're gonna file that <laughs> have a good day <laughs> oh funny Okay, so to piggyback <laughs> off of where did Misha come from, do you find that your characters are based off of people or even inspired by people around you, or do they just all sort of come from your noggin? <laughs> you know, I I never feel like they are ever inspired by or based off of people around me, though occasionally I'll see a piece of dialogue that a character gets and be like, huh. <laughs> that sounds like so-and-so in my life, you know? Um, But I think that's probably just normal because we're around the people we love. And when we think they're clever, their cleverness makes their ways into characters that we like. Um, But yeah, I mean, like 
he's like totally a, a fictional creature and of his own right and I just I just like him and yeah. his and his birds yeah I don't even like birds they freak <laughs> me out but like Misha's birds are pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh so with your characters um do they always like do you always have a name for them before you start forming them or is it always the opposite way or like here sometimes I do um in Misha's case I had his name before I knew who he was so often I will have like so-and-so's sister (laughs) big guy with red hair (laughs) creepy looking dude you know like in brackets (laughs) for a long time and like have to come back and figure out what name goes there or like it's not uncommon for me to have one name Morty has had a different name for a long time. I can't even tell you what it was now that we, I changed it. Like I did my first round of revisions for my editor. And then we decided it sounded too much like some other existing character's name. It was like, not the same, but it was close. Okay. I don't even remember what it was now, but like, so like I've been with this character for months and months and I was like, okay new name <laughs> uh, so sometimes yeah. that happens where it's like it has they have a totally different name and either because it never felt right or because I realize I have 14 characters whose name starts with the letter m or you know something mm-hmm. like that um yeah writers out there best advice ever Jude Devereaux gave a group of writers I can't I want to be like she gave me this advice but it wasn't like me alone we were in a room it was at a conference um she prints out like the alphabet like each letter in a box and as she make names her characters she puts like first name last name like at each letter so anytime she has an a either a first name or a last name of a she's going to put that in the a box so she can make sure she's not from first name or last name overloading any one letter because the way our brains work I'm telling you the second you have a character with a p name that's all your brain's going to supply you with is characters that have p names sure and you fight it and you fight it and then you land on okay I gotta gotta have something else and l and then your brain's just going to keep giving you l names it's so frustrating but it's the smartest thing because then you you have this visual of where you are with things Mm -hmm. yeah I would not have thought of that at all but that makes a lot of sense and seems like a very helpful tool and something that Ellen definitely appreciates because the Mm -hmm. amount of times that we have finished a book and she's come to me and been like Alex these like three characters have names that are way too similar and I'm really struggling with keeping them apart did you guys watch House of Dragon I watched it I don't think Alex. Has I haven't it seen yet. it yet. The names. I mean, like some of them, it's like realistic, I suppose, that these people and their children and their grandchildren have like exactly the same name, right? Mm-hmm. Or they have the same name except for like the last two letters or whatever. But it hurts. Like, I'm like, wait, it's, who? It is, it is a little painful. Like, it, <laughs> like, and it's also, it's so funny because the, I won't tell you what it is, but the central conflict in this season could have been avoided if they hadn't used the same name like six times. Like the whole, like the whole (laughs) issue could have been avoided if they had branched out in their names a little bit. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Now I'm really intrigued. I don't have HBO. So typically like when I watched Game of Thrones, a while ago like I got it for that amount of time and then haven't subscribed to it yet um but I'm trying to figure out because there are like multiple other shows that I will need to like subscribe to Apple TV for a little bit too so I have yet to watch that show we try to be good about that too like okay we have HBO right now what are the shows we're watching oh it's Apple soon as Ted Lasso comes back I'm I was just gonna say Ted Lasso (laughs) yeah and I have a list I have a running list of things I want to watch when we get Apple TV again yeah yeah I I understand because it's it's real easy to 
oh, we're going to do that. And then the next thing you know, you're subscribing to like all the subscription services. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, wait a minute. Why does my bank account look lower than it should? Yeah. So like the name thing, like I sometimes like the character's name, like, oh, that name is just perfect. And then you feel like, you know, the character because of their name. And sometimes like, you give them a name and then you start writing them and you're like that is not right that does not match them um yeah it's it's an interesting I I I often hate naming characters I I won't I won't lie um I'm new to fantasy so right now it's still fun but I've written like 30 however many 38 30 I don't know some large number of romance novels so I'm kind of sick of naming contemporary romance heroes and heroines um like and their children and their moms and their cousins and their best friends it's just like it's hard to come up with new names y'all yeah (laughs) because I also I I have a big family I have six brothers and sisters and I will not use their names Mm -hmm. um that's a good policy to have yeah and like I I've used a name of somebody close to me before for a secondary character thinking that, oh, well, he's just a secondary character. Guess who became a primary character later? And then you just have like, yeah. Sometimes if I'm reading a book and it has like a family member's name, especially if it's like a romance book, I'm like, I can't, I can't like this book is good, but I can't do it. Like, (laughs) Yeah, I I just read. Um, I'm late to the game, but I just read Cinder. Oh, read yeah, Cinder? yeah. I've I haven't really, read it, but heard really it. late to the party. Um, yeah, it's so good. Uh, luckily, though, it's like not sexy. At least not yet. If it gets sexy later, we'll see. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like the prince's name is Kai, and that's my nephew, who oh. is not a little boy anymore, but like he was he was born when I was just starting high school and so I babysat him and you know he like almost broke my nose when he was three and threw his mom's honking cell phone at it and uh (laughs) gave me a black eye but uh oh my gosh but now he's like he just graduated from chiropractic school and he's like not not a baby anymore but I still see him as baby Kai right so Mm -hmm. when I started reading that book I was like ooh, I don't know if I can do this yeah (laughs) Right. Like if we keep it PG, maybe that'll be <laughs> right. I love the name, obviously, but yeah. But no, it's it's very tame. So I think it'll be just fine. And it's a really, really good, I think it's gonna be a really good series. I devoured the first book very quickly. Awesome. So yeah, I think it's on our list if because I definitely recognize the name, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking around like I have the list just sitting next to me. I'm like, oh, let me <laughs> oh oh my goodness um so okay so in our last inner interview episode whatever I don't know what to call it conversation conversation um so you talked about being a quilter were there scenes that you didn't think were going to make the cut that did or were there scenes that you like thought like whatever the opposite is of what you were saying (laughs) yeah I mean I had like if I can like do like a spoilery moment real quick yeah go for it at the end of these twisted bonds um when Abriella has been captured by the queen yeah I had a short scene in Finn's point of view it was totally gratuitous (laughs) I liked it, <laughs> but I recognized that it was totally unnecessary and gratuitous. So when my editor was like, um, doesn't really move the plot forward and we need you to cut like 15,000 words. So maybe cut this one. I was like, yeah, <laughs> uh, don't you want to see his angst and his pain? I was going to say that would have been a good part to have his point of view for yeah. sure. Um, so that one didn't make it. Um, and then what else didn't make it? 
Oh, so many things don't make it, but oft, often scenes that are cut, it's like, yeah, it was cut in the, because like, that was the scene that was written when I thought the plot was going to turn left and I ended up turning right instead. Um, and I try not to write things that I don't think are going to get in the book. So as in terms of things that I think won't make it, that's a little tougher. Or even mm-hmm. vice versa, like things that weren't there, but then were yeah, like for. surprise me as how mm-hmm. they like developed. I think want to flip through the book. Let's see what do we have here. <laughs> this is yeah, the reading you know, portion. So often that is one of that's like one of my favorite parts of writing. So because I did sell on proposal, I wrote a very long outline for or synopsis for these hollow vows. I sent them like, I don't know, 60 pages, 80 pages, something like that. And a 20 page synopsis, and, which is a lot. So that's a lot of reading, like, and then this happens and this happens. And, um, but you know, <laughs> I am not great at plotting. So I, like I maybe mentioned last time that I wrote the synopsis the same way I would write a book. I like, wrote what I knew and then I moved things around and I patched things together and um so then when I wrote let's write the book I was like so this will be interesting because I don't plot and so can I write a book that's plotted out and can I write it from beginning to end without like jumping around um no is the answer (laughs) but it was pretty close to what I proposed but what changed is I moved things around um from the order that were was in the synopsis, which does not surprise me at all. Um, but then like that whole thing in book one where Jalik is imprisoned and they go rescue him, mm-hmm. that wasn't in the synopsis. And that became one of my favorite parts. Um, you know, I think in the synopsis, that was probably like, she begins to work with Finn and his misfits and grows closer to them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And there are actually some really pivotal scenes as part yes, of that. Yes, they're super important. Um, you know, and and you're writing, it's like, okay, what does that look like? How does how does this look? And as you write, you know, like emotionally where your characters are and where you need them to be. And well, what do they need to experience in order to change the way they feel about this and this? And of course, that really important scene. Okay, there are a lot of things that happen there that are important. I really love, though, the scene where afterwards, when she's sitting out on the patio and Finn comes out and, you know, he says, every star in that sky sky shines for you, which, of course, is the swoony romantic thing to say. But it's also like later when we're like, oh, because she's wearing the freaking crown, like it, every yeah. star in that sky shines for her because she's she's wearing the crown like literally like so it he could mean it one way or the other or both ways um so yeah sometimes the things that you don't plan or the when I'm quilting things together the stitching becomes some of my favorite stuff yeah which is always really exciting that feels good to me that's really exciting yeah surprises me okay so speaking of favorites do you think you could pick a favorite out of the two books yeah the second one (laughs) that was our that was my I think both of our answers too when we asked ourselves that question yeah Yeah. I think what was it for both of us it was a combination of or maybe it was me specifically that I liked the second book more just because Brie was I don't know just a little more mature throughout the second book was just not naive in the first book, but still just, you know, didn't expect things to happen. Whereas now, like in the second book, she not only was more mature, but also had like such personal growth and development through that book too, that I found so much more compelling, I think, than the first book. Yeah. And, and she did have to, she had to grow up pretty fast, you know, she had to, and 
to be fair, she had to grow up pretty fast even before book one started. Right. But she had to kind of come into her power pretty quickly. Um, And for me, book two was her opportunity to, to do that. It was more of an adventure, you know, like I, I like that a lot too. I had a lot of fun with that. And, um, I felt like I got, even though there's a lot of romance in book one, I felt like I'm a romance writer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I really love writing romance. So I really enjoyed writing the romance of book two and the, um, supercharged angst of what they find out in the underworld and what, um, you know, romantically they need to sacrifice in order to save the realm that that is like catnip to me (laughs) I like that like okay um so now we know we're really we love each other and we're good together so now how can I tear that apart like that's (laughs) that's what I'm here for (laughs) so you have a bit of a devious mind then (laughs) So I, I enjoyed so many, so many aspects of, of both books, but yeah, book two, I felt like, I don't know. It just felt like it was a more complex beast. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I would have liked about 30,000 more words, but you know, limitations. <laughs> like, Gosh we, darn editors. I did what I read them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny, though. Like, when I was at a Polycon, I would say it was about half and half in terms of people who came up to me and discussed the length, length of the series. There, Not everybody has something to say about it. Um, but when I got comments on it, I'd say about half the people were like, I wish it had been a trilogy. And half of the people were like, I am so glad it was a duology. I'm so sick of people writing trilogies that should be duologies. So that was really interesting to me because I pitched it as a trilogy and my publisher was like, we'll buy this if you can make it a duology. And of course I was like, okay. (laughs) And then I thought I'd get away with just making a really long book too. And they were like, um, no, (laughs) (laughs) that's not what we agreed on. Um, so Clearly they were like, no, there's like serious fatigue and let's do this as two. And um, I was kind of surprised, honestly, um, my own bias is toward like three book series or more, five, nine, I don't know. <laughs> um, so yeah. I was kind of surprised at the number of people who were like, oh, I'm so glad it was only two. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would agree with that, that I typically am someone who like, if I get into a universe or world or whatever, whether it's contemporary or fantasy, if I like it, I want to be there as long as possible. Yeah. But your duology was really refreshing and did feel like it was like everything was closed off and tied up in a way where I was like very content leaving it as it is. However, now knowing that there's going to be more in that world is, you know, makes it even better. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. I, I'm like scared to talk about it because I have like no idea. I'm doing some like, I don't know. I have no idea what my editor is going to make me change, but so I'm scared to talk about it, but it's like three years later. And so Jazz is 17 and so she is a year out from when she will become Faye. And um, she is um, a little dark and twisty from her weeks in Mortius's dungeons. And um, she is angry. <laughs> and, um, has some baggage and hides a lot of that everything from her sister. Um, it's yeah. So I don't, like I said, I'm scared to talk about it because I don't know what all I'll have to change right. and what I'll have to keep. But right now it's, it's fun. Right yeah. now it's fun. So. Wow. 
That's so exciting. That's way more than we knew before this interview. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was I was literally going to ask like, what if anything can you tell us? And that was much yeah. more and than I thought. And who knows? Maybe yeah. maybe that will all change. Yeah. I hope not because I don't want to rewrite the whole book. <laughs> yeah. I once I saw that announcement, I was trying to figure out like, okay, is it going to be her sister that we get more of a story or are we going to go off of like Misha and his like marriage and how that's not like, you know, so I was, I was thinking like, okay, how many different potential avenues are there? So, so I'll, I'll talk about this because I think we're all in publishing enough that we can understand that sometimes things change and who knows. Yes. This is a who knows. We don't know. <laughs> we did not specify in the announcement whose book it was because oh. I'd pitched it as Jazz's book. Mm-hmm. And then I started playing with it and I was like, could I write this as Jazz's book? But also, so Jazz leaves the Midnight Palace and sends someone who can take her form to the wild fae territory um her sister thinks she's sending her to the wild fae territory um to be with misha and i was like so that her sister thinks she's safe over there but really she's on this grand adventure with these humans um trying to track down the sword that is going to save laura from all the greedy evil people and the terribleness that's happening there anyway so i was like i can i write like both like parallel and so I hadn't started writing it when the announcement came out yet so we're like let's just like keep it vague yeah (laughs) we're not sure if this is gonna work out or not and I've written two-thirds of the more than two-thirds of the book like almost 70,000 words of the book and um have been writing it as both and so I sure hope they let me keep it as both yeah (laughs) well the, both storylines rely on each other so I hope that means that I get to keep them mm-hmm. but um oh man my I kicked myself <laughs> like oh what's what's harder than having one complicated fantasy two that <laughs> have to be in line and hit all the same beats at approximately the same time mm-hmm. but it's been good and I like kind of what I've and again my caveat, y'all, is things change in publishing. It's hard of to course. say what, what will ha- happen with this book. But what's been really good about this for me is that I felt like I've had to justify having two protagonists, essentially, and two storylines, even though it's one storyline because the two are so intertwined. And so it's really made me push. Like, I feel like I have to push my craft in like all the best ways. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, like it's it's making you better choose because you only have so much space, but now yeah. you have to have two full stories. So every single word and scene has to be in, very intentional and even more so than you typically do. And yeah, and it's gotta be sharp. And it's a duology, I'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until I get to book two and I'm like, how long can I have? Yeah. did we did we commit to a duology can it it actually really needs to be four books now surprise it's a 12 book series <laughs> and like right now because i'm not a plotter i'm like fine i'll wrap it up in the second book no idea <laughs> oh we'll see we'll figure it out yeah i think that must be fun though to not know where you're going because that offers just so much possibility and equal parts exhilarating no I would say it's like 30% exhilarating and 70% terrifying (laughs) (laughs) those seem like great odds (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh well you must have some great stress management techniques. <laughs> <laughs> I've been really, really good about meditating. Not lying. I my friend told me to download the Insight Timer app because it has like the most free content of any of the meditation apps. And I don't know if that's true, 
it seems to have a lot of free content that is really excellent and I love it. So yeah. Do I have excellent stress management? No, but I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, all you can do is try. I um, haven't done it in a while, but meditation was really big for me maybe like a year ago or so after having tried it, you know, so many times, right? Like I know I'm not good at managing my stress. People keep saying meditation, meditation, breathing, et cetera. Um, And I agree that I think it takes like the right teacher or app or whatever, because I swear if I didn't have, I use the balance app and because, yeah, so it has some free content, but then like, if you want to actually like get into it, you have to pay a subscription. But for me, I really just need to know like how and why. So it goes through and tells you, okay, so this type of breathing exercise actually does this for your body and like, you know, helps you like science wise or like this can actually improve your sleep by X much percent or like things like that. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been good. I like this one. I do better with, um, the guided meditations because otherwise my brain is just like, and then, you know, it's 10 minutes later and I'm more stressed <laughs> Yes, <laughs> running list. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I do a lot better with, I, I, I like to think that with practice, maybe one day I will be someone who can like put the, put the soothing music on in the background and set a timer and empty my mind and focus on my breath and not have to uh, have, you know, a voice in my head reminding me to focus on my breath. <laughs> but, you know, I'm a work in progress. Aren't we all? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, is there anything else that you want to put out there? Oh my goodness. I don't think so. I don't know. I just want to say thank you to everybody who's like given the series a chance and like I I'm just I'm really grateful I really wasn't sure what was going to happen when I decided I wanted to try to write fantasy and I was intimidated by it I just knew I loved it and knew I had this story in my head and I'm just grateful that I get to play in these worlds you know and I can't do that without readers you know, that's, that's the bottom line. Readers make this happen. All of it. Yeah. Well, we will continue to read yes. <laughs> as long as you continue to write. Um, yeah. But one specific question that I had um, sure. before we take up too much more of your time. Um, so something that really threw me in the latter part of the second book is the concept of the shadow self. And like, I don't know why. And I don't know if it's just like part of some like lore that I'm not familiar with, but it seemed so different than a lot of the other magical elements in the book that it just like threw me for a loop, but it was so cool. (laughs) Um, So I don't know, like if you could tell us a little bit about like how that aspect of the magic happened or was thought of. So um, I definitely wanted to think about what would Queen Mab's power be, right? Like where in this realm, this court that's known for like its wickedness and its deviousness, like I like to play with like what, what kind of powers would be known in that area. So... And maybe what would be not just known, but special, because we want Avriella to be incredibly special. And so I always like the idea of the, the different levels of ourselves, you know, whether you want to talk about like the id, the ego, the super ego, whatever. Um, and there are all sorts of different uses of the shadow self in different mythologies. Um, as far as I know, none of them are like this one. <laughs> so I'm just kind of like taking the language and then making it my own thing. Um, 
but I liked, I liked the idea of it being this, this part of her that was like willing to be vicious and get the job done. Mm -hmm. This part of her that was willing to do whatever needed to be done. Right. And that she had to ultimately like accept that part of her and she has to become that, accept that viciousness into, into herself to be a good queen. And I think that for myself, as I write, and I'm dealing with this with her sister right now too, (laughs) I'm so much a rule follower. I'm like a, a good girl. I'm, you know, like. And so I just read um, King of Battle and Blood. Have you guys read that? No, that is, that was also on our list. (laughs) So good. And she's like, the protagonist is like, she just doesn't care. You treat her bad. She's going to like get in your face about it and make you regret it. And I've heard Scarlett interviewed and that's kind of who she is too. <laughs> you know, like, like I, I picked up this book because of the interview I heard with her where I was oh, wow. like, oh, wow, you do not zero Fs to give this girl. She's just like, she just tells it like it is. And I couldn't decide if I wanted to like find her and be her friend or if I just want to like find her and disconnect her internet so that she didn't get in trouble with her publisher. Um, <laughs> I'm sure she's listening to this. I love you. <laughs> you look so good. So, but obviously she made an impression because like the first thing I then did was not write her and say, be careful. Cause I don't think she cares what I think. <laughs> I went and bought her book. Yeah. And um, so, so good. But the... The protagonist is just like, I don't I wouldn't even use morally gray. She's like, there's no morally gray about it. She's going to do what needs to be done. Yeah. You know, like you disrespect me. I'm going to get back in your face. You know, like it's so I, there's a point where being nice isn't doing you any favors. And while I don't think Gabriella had issues with being too nice, she needed to be able to fight dirty if she was going to beat the queen. Yeah. There's like the, the Sealy queen. So there had to be like a part of her magic that she needed to have to access in order for her to triumph. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what I was playing with, with the idea of the shadow self. Yeah. I really, I really liked that because, well, first of all, it was just so cool. And then um, you're like, wait a minute, that's what happened all of those pages ago um, <laughs> earlier in the book when you're like, how did those guys die when there was, that doesn't make any sense. And you're like, oh, that's the shadow self. But well, like, I think in, I thought of when those guys all died, I, I was having vibes of, um, oh, what was that show? Did you guys ever watch Heroes? Yes. Yeah. So remember the girl with the girl in the mirror and she wouldn't remember what happened. Yes. And she'd be like, there's a dead body here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then like the chick in the mirror would be like, ha, 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 ha. So like there was kind of like, to me, like wicked, wicked woman in the mirror vibes mm-hmm. with Gabriella's shadow self you know um yeah superhero shows and superhero movies totally um have impacted me in my writing mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah no like I I sometimes I fight with like my characters being too nice and too rule followy in worlds where they cannot do that and then I'm like, well, maybe they need to overcome that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I definitely, I definitely I, connected and- with the fact that like, um, it almost took to an extreme and in a very different environment, something that I struggle with myself of 
you know, accepting all of the parts that you don't like about yourself or what you don't think of as good. Mm-hmm. And the shadow self obviously is like very extreme from that, but the way right. that Abriella had to deal with it, like when she was in that process, I like just very much personally connected like with the way that she was feeling and thinking. Right. Because not accepting it doesn't mean that it goes away. It just means that she doesn't accept it. So the only way she gets to control it is if she accepts it as part of who she is, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I kind of liked that Mab is like giving her a hard time about it. (laughs) Dutiful, Abriella, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Well, yeah, I don't, I mean, we could talk for hours and hours, obviously, anything, but I feel I like we turn probably... any podcast into book club in a second. What else should you read? You know... <laughs> it's why we started our podcast. <laughs> we just wanted to talk about books more. I love talking mm-hmm. about reading. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, we just wanted to say thank you so much. That's we funny. again enjoyed so much spending time with you and learning thank more about you and your writing and your books and your process and everything absolutely I really appreciate you having me back you two are awesome stay stay safe with all the snow that's coming yeah yeah no kidding everyone stay safe everyone. not sure when this will post, but maybe even in the thick of more snow who knows 